Some of you know when I was uh, growing up, I loved to play football. But I remember when I was in high school that I had a coach that I really didn't respond to very well. And the reason for that was because uh, his particular leadership style was he would grab you by the face mask, jerking it, and screaming uh, some not-so-nice words all along. And he thought that that was going to be an effective way to make me better. I don't know about you, but I don't respond to that kind of leadership, do you? That knock them down to build them up approach has never worked in my life. Tonight we're studying the 11th commandment. We're trying to figure out what it means to love one another. Jesus commanded us in John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, and that's really the foundation for this study that we're doing together. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just moments before he was going to die on the cross. I want you, I expect you, I command you to love one another. Just like I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's what we're trying to understand. That's what we're trying to, to break apart a little bit and to, to, to look at a little more closely and to understand what does love look like. We talked about last week, what if I said, okay, on three, one, two, three, ready, break, love, and we go out. What are we going to do? What are we going to be doing? Well, starting tonight, we're going to give a little bit more definition to that, what does love look like? And we're going to start tonight by talking about that God commands us in his word to encourage one another. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today. Some of your translations say, But encourage one another daily. In this verse, God gives us a command. It's one of the many verses in his word where he encourages us, he challenges us to encourage one another. So let's try to understand that a little bit better. We're trying to be followers of Jesus, amen? We're trying to understand what it means to look like him, to walk with him, to represent him. So let's talk about, first of all, what does it mean to encourage one another? What is it that God is expecting us to do in one another's lives when he says, I want you, I command you even, to encourage one another? Well, there are several words that the Bible uses that are translated in the English language encourage. In the Old Testament, the word that's translated encourage comes from a word that means to make something strong. In fact, as you look at the word, really that has a lot of the sense of it as you look at the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. There's several words that are used in the New Testament for encourage or encouragement, and they basically have that idea. One of them actually has that idea, just like the Old Testament, to strengthen someone. One of the other words means to come alongside of someone, to support them, to help them, to comfort them in some way. One of the other verses, one of the other words that's used for encouragement means to speak to someone with a challenge or to exhort them. We might say to cheer somebody on or we might say to urge somebody to do the right thing. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. Actually, one of the words I just mentioned, that one that talks about us coming alongside of another person for support is a word that Jesus uses to describe the ministry of his Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is, sometimes it's translated the comforter. Sometimes in John chapter 14 through 17, if you read that, sometimes it's translated the paraclete, which is just the Greek word that we kind of slap into English. And we, we kind of use it as an English word. But it's translated the comforter, the encourager, 
the advocate. There's lots of different ways that word can be translated, but one of the translations is God's spirit in our lives. He is an encourager. Let me give you some Bible verses that talk about encouragement. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3. The Lord says, encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. That word exhausted means those with slack hands. Encourage the exhausted. What does that sound like? Doesn't that sound like that? Encourage those with slack hands. And then it says, strengthen the feeble. And that word feeble is somebody who's kind of tottering. It's somebody who's sort of, kind of their legs aren't real strong up underneath them. So there again, we get that idea of strengthening. Building up, helping those who are defeated or who are down and strengthening them. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 14. The Apostle Paul said, we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And then in Titus chapter two, verses three through five, it says, now this is actually speaking specifically to women. He's, talk, he's talked to the men in the verse before, but in verse 3 to the women, he says, Older women in God's family, older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Those are some verses where the Bible talks about some of those aspects of encouragement that we were just talking about. If you think about our English word, encourage, it actually means encourage. It kind of just common sense, isn't it? Encourage means literally to put courage into someone. Isn't that kind of a good word to think about? It actually really literally means, if you, the, the core word of the root courage actually is the word core, it comes from another language, but it means to enhearten someone. Okay, it's really talking about the heart. So it's kind of to enliven someone or to, to give heart to someone. Is that kind of a good idea? I want to come along and I want to, I want to encourage you. I want to pour courage into you. I want to enliven you. The way I like to think about it is breathe life into someone. Or maybe give air for someone's sails. Amen? Isn't that what it sounds like? To encourage someone? That's true. It says encourage those with feeble hands, those who are kind of defeated, who are down, who, who feel like they're about to tip over. Come along and strengthen them. Give air, give wind for their sails. Something I do or something I say can encourage someone else. As we look at those words, I think we could probably summarize what encouragement means with these these uh, phrases, you can write these down. Encouragement means comforting other people. Like when you say to somebody, I just want to reach out to you and encourage you. I'm sorry for your loss. Don't we do that when we're comforting someone? I, I want to encourage you. I, I just want to comfort you. We also get the idea of supporting other people. We can tell somebody, you know what? I just want to encourage you. I think you're right about that decision. I heard you picked a college to go to, and I just want to encourage you with that. I'm behind you. I think you're right about that. We can show support to somebody, can't we? In fact, there's a, there's a verse in Acts chapter 17, verse 24, where that's demonstrated. Apollos, it says, he wanted to go across to Achaia, and the brethren encouraged him. He, he sensed that God wanted him to go somewhere, and what did they do? They affirmed him, didn't they? I'm sensing this is God's direction, and, and you know what? 
we want to encourage you. We want to kind of breathe life into that. We want you to know we're behind you. We affirm that. And they wrote to the disciples to welcome him. We can support other people. We can affirm other people. We can let them know, I believe in you. I stand with you. Some of you know that the Jackie Robinson, uh, that, that uh, back in 1947, actually this week was the anniversary of that. April the 15th, 1947, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Well, during that time, as you can imagine, not everybody was happy about that. And so he would go to uh, different crowds, different stadiums, and people would kind of be jeering and kind of maybe saying things that that, that wouldn't be the, the most encouraging to him. And one day, he was at his own stadium in Brooklyn. He was on second base, and he made an error. And all of a sudden, the crowds just began to kind of lash out in his own hometown stadium. But then the shortstop, Pee Wee Reese, came over and stood next to Jackie Robinson. He put his arm around his shoulder, and he turned around with Jackie Robinson and faced the crowds. And they got quiet. You know, Jackie Robinson later said that that saved his baseball career. To be humiliated in front of his home crowd, but to have someone there to affirm him, to encourage him. Encouragement can be exhorting other people, urging other people in the right direction. That can be like a cheerleader. I want to encourage you. You're running the race, keep running the race. We can exhort somebody that way, can't we? Hey, I want to encourage you to keep pressing on. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. It can also be in a correcting way, can it? Hey, brother, I want to encourage you to do the right thing. Right? Can we say that to somebody? I just really want to encourage you to think about this decision. And that sort of has that idea of exhortation. That's a little bit of a challenge. But encouragement has that idea. I really like this thought. Encouragement is about building up other people. You know what? There is so much tearing down in our world today. People need to be built up, don't they? People need to be. That's that idea. I said encouragement has the meaning of strengthen. What about this? What if you could be an encouragement for somebody's day-to-day? What if because they intersected their life with yours, they are stronger at the end of this day because of you? Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome to think about? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 actually puts these two ideas together. It says, therefore, and this is a command, both of these are commands. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another. The Apostle Paul told the Thessalonians, Encouragement's building people, making them stronger. That's encouraging them. So that's what encouragement means. It means comforting other people. It means showing support to other people. It means affirming them. I want to encourage you in the direction that you're taking for your life. It can mean challenging them a little bit or or encouraging them to just keep going with the route, urging them forward with the right direction for their life. It can mean building them up and strengthening their life. But I also want to talk to you tonight about what what are some ways we can encourage other people. What are some things that we can do? This series that we're doing is going to be very practical. Actually, I hope every series we do is practical. Because whatever we talk about ought to work in real life. Amen? But this one's going to be extremely practical, okay? We're going to be talking about love is action. Amen? We've already learned that. How do we live this out? Well, there's probably some different directions we could have taken this. But this is the direction I felt like the Lord wanted us to go tonight. Some of you have heard me talk about a book that's been around for a while called The Five Love Languages. 
Okay, if you haven't read that book, I would encourage you to read that book. But it basically talks about how you are wired to communicate and and how you give and receive love. Okay, you have a love language. Now, wouldn't that be an important concept for us to understand? If Jesus said, I want you to love one another, communication is not that I do something or say something, right? Communication is that I do or say something and you receive it as it was intended to be received, and, it, and it, 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 it truly computes, right? It makes a difference. It's not just that I said words and that it fell on your ears, but you understood them. Well, what these five love languages are is basically uh, this guy looked and he said, you know, we've observed that people receive love. They get the message that you love them in different ways. Some of you are going to be reminded. Maybe you've heard this before. You're going to be reminded. And you need to talk about that with your spouse tonight. Some of you have maybe never heard this before. I want to encourage you. That's the challenge part. I want to exhort you on how to strengthen other people's hearts. I like that imagery too, don't you? Strengthen somebody's heart. First of all, there's quality time. Write these down because they're important to understand. Some people, for some people, what tells them that you love them is just being together. For some people, you can buy them a fancy gift. You can say nice words to them, but that does not really pump them up. Then we say encouragement. It's kind of just an encouragement to put something into them. What would really encourage them or strengthen their heart is for you to take time out of your busy schedule and for you just to spend time together with them. Your time, for a person with this love language, your time communicates to that person. Again, we're not not just saying words, but you spending time with them communicates to them you love them. Now, really, that's true for everybody, isn't it? To some extent. I mean, with your kids or your spouse, when you spend time with somebody, that's the way I've said it. But for these people especially, the primary way that they hear from you and they're encouraged by your love for them, is through time. Now, I do want to say this. There is a time when having people with you is good for all of us, whether that's your love language or not. And I want to point that out because this is something I've learned as a pastor. When people are going through a difficult time, when people are going through a tragedy, or maybe, especially I've seen this at funerals, when people are going through tragedies in their life, many times... Don't you wonder, I wish there was something I could say. I wish there was something I could do for you. Okay, those are going to come up in these others in just a moment. But in those moments, what I found is maybe the best thing that you can do to encourage them is just be there. Somebody called it the ministry of presence. You know what I think it really is? What I've begun to uncover or discover is when I am with somebody, and, and, and in fact, I'll be very careful about what I say or what I do, because <laughs> a lot of times it doesn't feel right, does it? If it doesn't feel right, it probably ain't, all right? You, you probably should keep it to yourself. We come up, we come up with, with easy answers, don't we? We come up with a Bible verse or whatever, but many times just you being there is what that person needs. And when you're there with them, you're reminding them, this is the key, I think, that God has not left them. Isn't that encouraging? When you have lost your husband, when you have lost your dad, 
When you have lost a daughter or a friend, isn't it encouraging? Aren't you wondering, God, where are you? And when that person sees your face, doesn't that encourage them? Doesn't that strengthen them that God has not forsaken them? Amen? Those of you that are saying amen are saying that probably because you've experienced that before. Somebody was there for you. So there's quality time. But secondly, there's acts of service. For some people, spending time together is great. But they're thinking, you know what, this is great and all, but I got a lot of things to do. <laughs> and you know, you know what, what, you can, what would really be encouraging to me, what, what would really show me that you love me and that you notice all that's going on in my life is if you would help lighten my load. And some people say, amen, I wanted somebody to say that, right? <laughs> that would put a little wind back in their lungs. That would strengthen them. That would strengthen their heart to see because probably a person who responds to acts of service is a pretty hard worker, right? And that person's running around doing a lot of things and to know that somebody notices that and that somebody contributes to that, says to that person, I love you and I notice and I want to help you. Third one is words of affirmation. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to camp out on this one for just a minute, okay? And not because it's my primary love language, okay? Because it's not. This is not the top of the list, or I'm not going to tell you what mine is. But, <laughs> but in several different ways throughout the years, the Lord has shown me, guys, listen, please, please, the power of words. I'm going to share some personal things with you tonight, just as examples of how words have impacted my life. You guys know how much Shannon's dad means to my life. I've shared that many times, but that kind of went up a few notches a a few years ago when he gave me a book that I also recommend that you read called The Gift of the Blessing. If you've read that book, you know where I'm going with this. Um, but, uh, But what really touched my heart is he wrote something at the beginning of that book. Listen to what he wrote. He says, To Rob from Chuck. Dear Rob, you are a great part of the blessing God has given to our family. You are even more than a son to me. Even now as I read those words six years later, I don't know what that means. But it sounds good, doesn't it? I don't know what more than a son means, but it makes me feel good. You are even more than a son to me, and I'm so proud of you and Shannon, Hannah, Josh, Lindsay, and Drew. I know the greatest years are yet to come. Love, Chuck. Honestly, I mean, I can't tell you what those words have meant to my life. I mean, it's just a few words on a page. But wow, how encouraging that is, amen? To hear somebody express their heart to put in words to you, words of affirmation. I could give you story after story, seriously. I could spend the whole message illustrating for you the power of words both to build up and to tear down. I want to focus on the build up part. You know what? Some of those are in big ways. And I want to challenge you to think about that. The bigger picture, like Shannon's dad was writing about. Some of those are in small ways. It can be just a simple note in the mail. It doesn't have to be a life-changing or a generation-speaking kind of message like maybe that was. But Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23 says, How delightful is a timely word. Isn't that true? How much difference it can make when you're at a point in your life and somebody comes along and they say just what you needed to hear. We're always worried about saying the wrong thing and we should be 
a little bit worried about that. But, but sometimes you ought to go ahead and say the right thing. You should not withhold a blessing from someone else that you could encourage them with. Somebody said, the world is full of discouragers. Amen? Amen. Too much. We have a Christian duty to encourage one another. Many a time, a word of praise or thanks or appreciation or cheer has kept a man on his feet. Blessed is the man who speaks such a word. Friends, I cannot commend to you enough to consider this tonight. There are people in your life right now who need for you to say something into their life. And I'm hoping God's going to speak to you about that. It might be bigger. It might be your kids. It might be your wife. It might be your parents. I heard about something recently that we're going to check into as a pastoral team, but this guy called us. He was talking about something um, called Letters from Dad. And this this thing, it's kind of this movement where uh, they're encouraged. It's a men's ministry. They're encouraging men to pour into their families by saying the things that many times men don't say, by writing letters to their wives. By writing letters to their kids. And it goes along with that. If you, if you read this, this book, The Blessing, it goes along with that idea. It's, it's saying how much you mean to me. And, and from a godly perspective, it's saying uh, the future that I see that God has for you or that God has for us. Wouldn't that be awesome to hear from your dad or from anybody? But you know what? That, that's kind of dramatic. And some, some of us need to make that big one tonight. Need to make a phone call. Need to write a note or draft a letter that you begin. Maybe you need to pray through it. You know, sometimes it's just a small thing. You guys are such a blessing to me. I mean, I could read so many things, but listen to this. I got this a couple of weeks ago. Dear Robbie, I just wanted to thank you for your message this past weekend. You really gave me and my family, my whole family, a lot to think about this coming week. When we got home, and then she shares about some conversation that the kids had about the service. He says, they had so many comments and questions when we got home from church. Your message made them really think about what Jesus endured and did for us on the cross. Thank you for that. Life can get so busy and crazy, as you know. But when you really set the, but you really set the tone for where our minds and hearts should be this week. God bless you and have a great week. That's worth my last five years. Seriously. I mean, Wow. I, I, I called that mom up and I actually said, boy, you could not have given me a better compliment to say that your kids were touched by what we're doing here at New Hope. That put wind in my sails. Amen. I can go for another little while. Amen. No matter what happens, the power, the incredible power. Did you know we have some little cards on the back rack back there? They're just a little index card. They're just a little postcard. They got a little place for a stamp. They've already got New Hope Church on there. You just put that person's address, flip it over, and you can just write. I can tell you what. I know people who are in our church right now who had given up, but they got a card from one of you guys, and now they're back. Just a little card. Just, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you. Here's a verse God put on my heart. Isn't that amazing? Words of affirmation. They can really encourage people. Isn't that exciting tonight? I can go out of here and somebody who's disheartened, I can enhearten. That's awesome. 
That's a way to show love to people. The final two are gifts. You can say to somebody, some people, that's the way that you say you love them. You, you say, hey, I know what you like. I was thinking of you and I sacrificed to get you something very special that I knew was just for you. Now, my mother-in-law, this is her, this is her giving love language. She will spend hours at Christmas in the aisles thinking about just the right thing for me and for Shannon and for our kids and all our grandkids. And she just, that's her way of saying, I love you. It's by, by giving gifts and some people by receiving gifts. The last one's physical touch. Now, obviously, in our day, we have to be a little careful about this. We need to know what's appropriate for every situation. If it's your spouse, it might be something more intimate. But if not, maybe a hug, firm handshake, a pat on the back. Have you ever had somebody do something like that? I mean, doesn't a pat on the back sometimes, isn't that just a really nice thing for somebody just to affirm you? Just say, I'm noticing you, and, and, and I'm with you, I'm behind you. I can really build people up and say, you know what? I love you, and I want to encourage you. Jesus told us that we should love one another. And if we're going to obey his commands, one of the things we ought to be serious about is encouraging and building up one another. Hebrews chapter 3, listen how important. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, remember what we said? Jesus said, how often should we encourage each other? Daily. Daily. Romans chapter 14, verse 19 says that we should pursue, we should run fast towards building up other people. That sounds pretty intentional, doesn't it? I mean, we should be hot in pursuit of finding out ways every day that I can build up somebody else's life. Somebody said this, who needs encouragement? It could be a student off at school. It could be a young couple up against the wall in life. It could be a divorcee struggling to gain back self-acceptance. It could be a forgotten servant of God laboring in an obscure and difficult ministry. It could be a widow who needs some companionship. It could be someone who tried something new and it didn't work out. I can encourage them. Tonight, I want to encourage you to do something. Look at the person next to you. It can be left or right. It doesn't matter. That person, they need to be encouraged tonight. One of the ways that you can breathe life, that you can, you can show your love for God and you can show your love for people. Are you wanting to know how to be a follower of Jesus? Isn't it encouraging tonight that you don't have to be a rocket scientist? Or a brain surgeon to follow Jesus? <laughs> that's, that's good for most of us, amen? We want to make it so complicated. We want to make it so hard. There's lots of reasons for that. I think one of the reasons is we're lazy. Or, or we, 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 we think there must be some other way. It's too simple. Too straightforward. If you want to take the message home with you tonight, just very simply, in just a moment, when we bow for prayer, ask God to put somebody on your heart. Do you, do you believe that God leads people? God could lead you. God could put on your heart somebody tonight that needs to hear something. Amen? And then when God puts that person on your heart, you just, as you're walking by that back door, just grab one of those postcards. 
And then you just decide, I'm not going to forget about it. I'm going to do it before I forget about it. Tonight, as soon as I get home, I'm going to peel off by myself somewhere. Once I get the kids straight and everything in bed, whatever, supper, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write that note just to say, you know what? Did you see at the beginning of the message? Did you see at the beginning of the service? There was a cautious serving. There were some guys that helped somebody in our church family a few weeks ago. Wouldn't it be encouraging for one of them to say, hey, I noticed that, and I'm thankful for you. Maybe tonight you need some encouragement, and that's why God brought you here. Because God wants to breathe some life back in yourselves. You know, one of the things that I found is, if you want to be a blessed, you know what I'm going to say, right? Be a blessing. So maybe tonight, if you need that encouragement, maybe say, how can I reach out and sow those seeds into somebody else's life? But I'm going to pray that tonight that God's strength in your heart, that he would hear tonight, that you would be encouraged to keep pressing on. If you've never put your your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that tonight you would say, God, I need you. I cannot do this on my own. I give my life to you. Almost on a weekly basis, someone is making that decision. Last week in the second service, I think there was two people that prayed to receive Christ on Sunday. Every week. So, amen. Amen. Isn't that encouraging? Makes me want to keep serving the Lord. Amen? Because there's still people giving their life to Him. Tonight, would that be you? Let's bow before the Lord for just a moment. Father, it seems very simple, um, but Lord, many times we just don't take the time to do it. Lord, I pray tonight that maybe there's a parent here who's withholding a blessing from their kids. I pray, Lord, that they would share those words of kindness, of love. Lord, how proud they are of their son or their daughter. Lord, there are people right now who are longing for their mom and dad, just to say those words. Lord, I pray for a husband or a wife to be encouraged tonight. I pray that when they get home tonight, that that their spouse will have demonstrated their love towards them with their love language in a way that they could understand that my spouse loves me. Lord, tonight, more than us receiving, though, I pray that you would help us to be encouragers. As we leave here tonight, that we would look for people, even in this very room, God, even in these next few moments as the service is ending, that are discouraged and that we would strengthen their hearts tonight. God, there's not a lot of things that many of us, we're not super gifted or talented. But one thing we can do is build up other people if we'll just make the choice to be your servants tonight. So help us, Lord. Help us to be that person, to breathe that life, into someone tonight. And Lord, there are a lot of discouraged people in our world today. There may even be some here tonight. I pray, God, that you have encouraged somebody tonight. Through what I've shared, through what was sung tonight, through, through our interaction together, that somehow that you have strength in someone's heart tonight. That God is real. That God is alive. That God does care for me. 
that God wants to be my Savior and wants me to be a part of his family. And Lord Jesus, if there's somebody here tonight that's never put their trust in you, I pray that they would call upon you right now and say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, come into my life. Please forgive me. Please be my Savior. Take control of my life. I want to follow you. Lord, in these next few moments, we just give you this time to work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're kind of new to New Hope, maybe you're not as familiar with what we do at the end of the service. We're not going to put anybody on the spot or make anybody do anything, but we just give an opportunity for people to think about what God has spoken in your heart about. At the very least, I would ask you to do this. There is enough discouragement in the world that it wouldn't hurt all of us to just tonight say, I'm not going to ask God whether you want me to do this. I want to ask you who. And over the course of this weekend, there'd be over 300 people encouraged over the next week. That wouldn't be a bad place to start, would it? So at the very least, would you do that? Would you just bow before the Lord for just a moment? And ask him to speak to your heart about who you can encourage tonight. Why don't you start with those closest to you? Because they might need it the most. When's the last time you told your spouse how much they mean to you? What a great cook your wife is. How much you appreciate all the things she does for you. How about your husband? When's the last time you told him, honey, you got the biggest muscles of any guy And mean it. (laughs) Hey, those kids. I told you guys before, I try every night to pray for my kids. And if they're still awake, sometimes I'll just say to them, Hey, buddy, I'm proud of you. Many times they'll say, Why, Daddy? Why are you proud of me? I say, Because you're my son. Because you're my daughter. You don't have to do anything. I am proud of you. And I have almost literally seen them growing right there. Just getting a little bit taller. You mean me just saying a few words could encourage someone that much? Absolutely. Tonight some of you are going to go out to eat. I guarantee you the person serving you probably hasn't been encouraged a lot today. Okay, you got that person in mind? 